You are listening to the Uncommon Truth Podcast, produced by the Father's House Church in Oroville, California. I'm Luke, and we created this podcast because we want to explore Christianity the way that Jesus intended it to be. If you're interested in joining us on this journey, make sure you subscribe to this podcast, or for more resources, check out changeoroville.org. Hey everybody, welcome back to the Uncommon Truth Podcast. It's two weeks in a row that we're all together. It's a miracle. It's a miracle. It's a miracle. Yeah. It's a Christmas miracle. Yeah. Did I say that last week? Probably. Okay, maybe. But, but, maybe no, you definitely week. did. They're think, they think they're on the wrong one. <laughs> they're changing their, their station. Yeah. Yes, they're going to look if there's, they've missed a podcast. So we've had one weekend of Lights of Hope. Yes, tell us about it. it was the biggest opening weekend we've ever had. And the weather kind of was good. One night, it sort of rained about. Let me correct you. We have had two weekends of Nights of Hope, and that second weekend was more than three times the size of last year's second weekend. I'm like, what are you talking about? The first one was double the size. Right, this is Monday. And and this second week, it was was so big. And people got healed in the tent. That's right. And it was amazing. You've okay. got to come out and see this spectacle. God is on the move in Oroville. It's really cool. Mm-hmm. If you're anywhere, if you're within two hours from Oroville, I suggest you check out Lights of Hope. It's, it is very spectacular. Yeah. And I'm not biased. Why don't you ask them the question you asked church last night? They could email in with their answer. Okay. So we have a question for everyone listening. So this t- kind of tells you what kind of personality type you are. So we have a counter at Lights of Hope, and she counted on Friday night. And she sent us all the official count, and it was 799. And my question is, don't you think you missed one person, and can't you round it up to 800? And so last night at church, I asked people, would you round it up to 800, or would you be a 799er? And it kind of really does show your personality, whether or not you're literal. So it, what would you do? Would you, would you do 799, or would you put 800? I'm literal Larry, and I, I'm literal Larry, and I would have put eight hundred. You would have put eight hundred. Oh, what absolutely. Would you have done? I did eight hundred too. You would too. Yeah. There was quite a few people who put seven eight nine. It was about it was split last night at church. It was, it was really split. about half and half. Yeah. Half yeah. and half, yeah. And I and I would normally say you're literal. Absolutely. Yeah. Li- yeah. But I'm thinking, you know, because I count and they come, they came so fast sometimes. It's like I'm sure I missed a baby. You know. Someone could have been pregnant. Yeah, we yeah. we <laughs> we count them too. If we counted dogs, we didn't have more than no. <laughs> no, just kidding. We did have four dogs that night. Yeah, we we, we sent them ask. away, so we didn't count yeah, them, right? We couldn't count the four dogs. Right. Sad, but yeah, if you want to tell us your answer, you yeah, can, tell uh, us your answer. You that could, would be a fun thing to do. You could email us at uh, uncommonpodcast at gmail dot com. We'd love, Vicky would love to hear. I would love to see how many yeah. people would. I just thought it was kind of cute. Seven ninety nine. Couldn't we just have put eight <laughs> hundred? It feels more complete, doesn't it? Yeah, I like to pay. Seven ninety nine as opposed to eight hundred. There you go. However, I want to round up when there's people. Yeah. Well, let's uh, transition into our podcast. Advent. Yeah. We learned something last week. We what uh, about Advent? You yeah. told us what Advent was, and then we asked our son Anthony, who flew in for this. He just left today. Mm-hmm. He knew what Advent was. He yeah, actually yeah. gave us a definition of it. Yeah. And we're yeah. like, wow, you do know more than we do. <laughs> yeah. Just as you always thought, Anthony. <laughs> It's just as you always dream. His dreams came true. His dreams. I'm sure he really thinks he knows more than we do. He, funny, funny thing. Might as well go ahead and tell a funny story. When we were in, we were in England a few weeks ago, we asked him. He's very. My son is very creative and loves plays and Broadway and stuff. And um, him and his wife are very much that way. And, and uh, so we said, well, what movie? What play should we see? And he said, Phantom of the Opera. And we don't like opera. 
So we said, isn't it an opera? And he said, no, it's in an opera theater. <laughs> it takes place and in an opera. And there's one song And the that's first a song operatic. maybe is operatic. And we sat there at this West End. <laughs> we went, there was one song that wasn't. <laughs> <laughs> Tell them how it The Phantom of the Opera. <laughs> that's the only thing yeah, we yeah, knew. Yeah, yeah. So he thinks we're in uncultured swine mind. anyway. Mm-hmm. So he, he doesn't know how he got born into our family because he is a little different than Steve and I. Oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> if he didn't look like me. <laughs> Don't say it. <laughs> what did uh, Buford P. T. Puster no, no, say? No, no. I'd hit your mama right in the I kiss. I told you not to say it. <laughs> that was, that's from the movie. Uh, uh, Burt Reynolds. Smokey and the Bandit. Smokey and the Bandit. From the 70s. Yeah. You mm-hmm. have to look that up. That's right. It's, it's a dumb movie. Dumb movie. Dumb movie. Dumb, dumb. Jackie Gleason. Dumb, you know Jackie Gleason? Dumb, 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 I do not. Do you know Burt Reynolds? I know the name. Oh Jackie Gleason was a, was a... He genius. doesn't know Sally Field. Oh, my God. Let's go. Let's go. Come Let's on. Let's go to Jesus Different now. generation and a different continent, so it's a double... Oh. I, no, all the way back to 1920s, different continent, different movies. Don't you? <laughs> Al Jolson? We know so many Charlie, English Charlie people. Charlie Chaplin? Yeah, I know Charlie Chaplin. Because he's all from right. England. Yeah, let's go. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Okay, anyway. Advent, back there. So this week is peace. Peace. The, it's P-E-A-C-E, not yes. P-I-E-C-E-C-E. <laughs> I don't know how to respond to that, so I'll just say <laughs> yes. We're a little rummy. We've been quiet for a while. Yeah. Go so, uh, you know, the last week we talked about uh, hope. This week it's peace and the peace of, you know, the Prince of Peace coming into the world. Correct. Being Jesus. Right. Um, so I'm gonna, we're going to read some of this. Scripture from Colossians 1, and then we'll talk about peace and how Who Jesus. knows what we're going to talk about, right, today? Yeah, we'll never know, but I'm sure it'll be good. It'll be good. Yeah, so. Stay tuned. <laughs> uh, okay, this is Paul speaking, Colossians chapter 1, verse 13. For he, being Jesus, rescued us from the dominion of darkness and transferred us to the kingdom of his beloved Son, in whom we have redemption the forgiveness of sins. He is the image of the invisible God, the firstborn of all creation. For by him all things were created, both in the heavens and on earth, visible and invisible. Whether thrones or dominions or rulers or authorities, all things have been created through him and for him. He is before all things, and in him all things hold together. He is the head of the body of the church, and he is the beginning, the firstborn from the dead. Sounds like he's everything. So that he himself will come to have first place in everything. For it was the Father's good pleasure for all the fullness to dwell in him, and through him to reconcile all things to himself, having made peace through the blood of his cross, through him. I say, whether things on earth or things in heaven. We'll we'll stop there. That is the one that we follow. So he's pretty important. But Steve, what do you? So it's the same, in my opinion, this is the answer to everything. You could do all all the Advents, all the Christian living. Everything in Christianity is based on this. And yet it is it is honestly least talked about, you know, very seldom talked about. But what he did was he laid out that who Jesus is. Mm. He just laid it out. He's before all things. In him, all things are held together. He's he's gravity. He's universe. He's creator. 
Wow. He's before all things. He's after all things. Head of the body. He is Church. the heavenly father. He is the everlasting eternal God. Mm. And it says he did all this to reconcile him, uh, all things to himself, having made peace through the blood of the cross. So the sins of mankind, the sins of creation, the the filth of this world. It's sort of interesting. You can look at Africa and you can see all these animals eating each other and they are brutally horrible to each other. They have no conscience. Mm. The crocodile jumps out of the river and gets a baby deer and you're going, oh no, baby deer. And he, so he has no, he never thinks twice about that. He just eats them. He drowns them and eats them, you know? So there's this rough world and the animal kingdom is this way and the human kingdom lives by conscience and supposedly has God's righteousness and his justness is just like him. Hmm. We are made in his image. And then, we, and then we did not do well with that. We disobeyed, ate, the, ate of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. We disobeyed all the way through and again did what was evil in the sight of the Lord. And it says here he made peace. Now, when we talk about peace, it's a, when, if we were to sit here all quietly and just breathe peace. with no TV on, no music on, turn, shut our laptops, shut off our phones, and just close our eyes, oh. we would, what we would be talking about peace is that feeling. Hmm. That's not what he's talking about. He's talking about a war between God's righteousness, man, how man was created to be, mm-hmm. but how man chose to be. And Jesus, the creator of all things, made peace of those two things. He reconciled disobedient men to perfect God, giving us righteousness, holiness, clothing us in his very nature, filling us and making his home in us and the Holy Spirit in our hands and in our mouths, in our voices speaking through us, acting through us, doing nothing without us. And he made peace with the sinfulness of man, which when Jesus is on the cross, he says, my God, my God, why have thou forsaken me? And the apostle says he became sin. And it's clearly clearly communicated that God could not tolerate the sin that Jesus became. So much unexpectedly Jesus did not really understand what that was going to feel like to have God not be able to draw near to him because he became sin and through that death on the cross and paying the penalty for all of those sins everyone I've ever committed you and you and you and you he made peace with the war we claimed through our through our sin our sin nature disobedient nature declares war on God's holiness and Jesus makes peace the peace he's talking about is war the peace we're thinking of is the room with us all sitting meditating he's talking about war with our souls so he made peace therefore we are qualified through the forgiveness of Jesus Christ to enter into relationship with God our father to draw near to him and have him draw near to us this peace is what makes it possible for us to walk with him and talk with him, laugh with him and cry with him, to know God and know peace. The one we're talking about where we say, everybody be quiet, turn off everything, sit, close your eyes, let's soak in the Lord, we sometimes call yeah, it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That peace, 
that depth, that comes from this piece. Mm. Ah. Not even possible for you and me because of our sin nature. We push God away and make war on God with our sin. Wow. Mm. And Jesus makes it possible for peace to exist between us, me and God. He can come to me. He can approach me. He can look upon me, for I am no longer sin. Yeah. I am now forgiven. I am now holy as he is holy, righteous as he is righteous, perfect as he is perfect. Mm. If I do what the apostles said, and I walk with him, and I abstain, and I pull back, and I continue to pray what he said to the apostles in the garden, the temptation not overcome me. That I continue to pray what he prayed in Matthew 5 with our Father who art in heaven. You know, deliver us from the evil one. Deliver us from our temptation. Really make it our effort every day to resist temptation, to be have it dealt with in the spirit, to have the strength to overcome to the end, persevere to the end, endure to the end this battle. Because we, he has made it possible for us to have peace with God and God not to forsake us the way he did Jesus on the cross. Because we aren't sin anymore. And we're supposed to abstain from sin, stay away from sin, overcome sin in our lives. Not become sin, not put, what Paul says, what are you going to do if you continue to sin? Are you going to nail him again to the cross? And in Hebrews 10, you know, if you continue to do this, you don't know God. You don't even understand what you're doing. You're piling on Jesus. It's as if you walked up to Jesus on the cross. He's sinned. Father's turned away. And you got a bucket of sin. And you can choose not to do it, but you do it. And just throw all your sin on him. Hmm. You know, you've done this for me so that I'm pure. But I'm going to go out and fill the bucket again. My, my bucket of sin is gone because you paid for it. But I'm going to go fill it up again and throw it on you too. And that's at war with the Father. Wow. Jesus came so that we could have peace with the Father. Mm. All of this stuff, all that he did based on who he is made it possible that we would have peace mm. and be at peace with God and be able to approach God and ask for that which we want. Ask for the loaf of bread and not be given a serpent or a stone. Ask for what we want and have him give it to us. He would give us the robe and the ring and the fatted calf. Mm. He would do these things for us and bring us grace and mercy and peace and joy. And that's what this is talking about. And I don't think that's what we talk about when we read this. We're talking way more about let's all hold hands and kumbaya. <laughs> and that feeling we get, that's what he died for. That's really good. No. He died to make peace with us so that we can have that feeling. Wow. But so that we can have love, too. So we can love in return. Mm. All of what I don't even remember last week, but what, what was it? Hope, so that we can have hope. All of the things that he's offering, all of the you know, peace, hope, and love, all the fruit of the Spirit are mine because he made peace with God over my sins. My sins caused war. Again, I did what was evil in the sight of the Lord, and again, he sent me judgment. And in that judgment, I was lost, and I had no peace. I was at war with myself, hated myself, hated everybody else, hated the world. And when Jesus made peace for me, and told me that my Father in heaven loves the world so much that he that he did that that he the one described in these verses did that to make peace for me. Yeah. Well, you know, just the revelation, like Steve's talking, is like to me, it's kind of, I, I didn't think that way. I thought it was, you know, the peace that the Holy Spirit brings peace, not, you know, 
it's the peace from war. That's a whole different thing when you sign a peace treaty or something and you, you stop shooting at each other. And I just, uh, I think it's so spectacular. I'm, I'm just sitting here Googling peace scriptures. And, you know, in John 16, 33, it says, I've said these things to you that in me you may have peace. In the world you have tribulation. Mm. But take heart, I have overcome the world. I right. think that's what you're talking that's about. Is exactly. That, um, and it says it in many, many, many places. Yeah, there's, yeah, I have a whole bunch of them. Yeah. Um, right. You know, the, in the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, will guard your hearts and, ma- and minds in Christ. And the peace of God, it's like, I think if we really think about what Steve's saying is that there's a war going on between dark and light right mm-hmm. now. You know, the Antichrist spirit is really prevalent in the world. It's almost, it's almost terrifying if you just read it all and think about it and talk about it there's a there's almost like a terror that comes in your spirit because it's the antichrist spirit the Mm -hmm. spirit of the world and but but when you have the holy spirit living in you and what jesus did to bring peace we know the end of the story yeah these things are going to happen and he tells before he foretells what's going to happen but but in the spite of all this he brings you a peace that passes understanding not like the world gives you but like I give you, and it's like, oh, wait a minute, it's just not the kumbaya spirit of peace, but it's peace against the world system. Mm. It's it's a warring peace. Uh, it's it's opposite of war, right? And it's it's tumultuous. And you think about how Jesus died, and even his his uh, ministry, there was a lot of warring going on, mm-hmm. and he brought peace everywhere he went. I mean, just his answers to some of the religious leaders, or to the Romans, or to his his apostles. There is a you're you're like just flattened by his peaceful words, yeah. and sometimes they're kind of inflammatory, but he kind of lays them out, and it's like he brings peace wherever he went to, yeah. even in the midst of throwing those guys out of the synagogue. The, the, you know that was like the he came against this, the war, the religious spirit, and just brought this kind of peace. Of course, he caused very many enemies, and that's something that we can't forget if we're really walking in Jesus and the Holy Spirit, we should come in peace, but people are going to hate us anyway, mm-hmm. correct? Correct. So it's it's just, you know, we want, I want no disharmony. I, I want no disunity. I want no one to not like me. I want to be loved by everybody. And I think that's peace, but I don't think that's accurate. It's so much so that Jesus will cause you to have war. Go ahead. With the world. I came to bring a sword. Mm. Yeah. Your mothers and your fathers will hate you. Your yeah. your your brothers and your sisters so will good. hate you. They will revile you because of me. My name. It's so much. Mm. It's not what he's trying to bring is peace with your neighbors. He's trying to bring pre- peace between you and God. Wow. The picture of God's peace would be like maybe middle one of those scenes of in Middle Earth, uh, Fellowship of the Ring, or, or the you know. And, and where these guys are over here farming and the house has smoke coming out of the chimney and the woman, women are over here hanging laundry. Mm-hmm. Nobody, nobody is in any way concerned that they will be molested by anything evil. No mm-hmm. evil will touch me today. And then you see these two kids playing way far from home out in the field. <laughs> and they're just playing carelessly. And, and butterflies and birds are flying around, right? Later on in the uh, – and no, that's, so that's like – they are completely oblivious to why they have this piece in the Shire, mm. in that book. And uh, you later on find out that the rangers of the north have been protecting the Shire for hundreds of years mm. and keeping all the 
all of the evil creatures, orcs, and all of those ugly things that they had, he, he wrote about, that uh, Tolkien wrote about, mm-hmm. they don't even know they're being protected. And that's what Jesus came to do, is put on your borders, and within your own life, you can have peace and not be afraid of the bad guy, the boogeyman, mm-hmm. the, you know, there is no zombies in this peace. Mm-hmm. He makes peace between you and God. Nothing evil will befall you while he is on the watchtower. But you go outside the watchtower, you go into the world to present what you learned inside the watchtower, and you're going to have all kinds of enmity. You're going to have what Peter said. It's beating us and jailing us is up to you. We, as, but as far as preaching the gospel, we must, we must preach the gospel. We must. And so... Peter's making war on the authorities. Wow. The very guy that said you obey the laws of the government, him and Paul both obey the laws in the government, got arrested more, more for breaking the laws than anybody, right? You must preach. And uh, even, even ended up being, both of them ended up being uh, uh, executed for breaking the laws of the government. Mm-hmm. And they weren't trying to obey the laws of the government. They were trying to obey the laws of God. Mm-hmm. And they said what, what they meant by it was you have to submit to the They both submitted to death. Didn't, didn't fight it. They, they, there's, there's a war going on between the world and sin nature and God and his people. Hmm. And what we have inside the fence, inside the, the boundary, the border, inside the kingdom of God, is we have peace bought by Jesus so through the forgiveness of our sins and the wiping away of unrighteousness. Hmm. It is why it is so important to Paul that the church have nothing to do with the immoral brother. Or Come to on. point out the sin of the church. Like, you, how can this guy be sitting in your church doing this? Why haven't you asked him not to come or forbid him from coming? He's living in sin. You're bringing war inside your church. Well, that's good, Steve. And true enough. It's true enough. We've seen it a million times when someone's secretly living in sin. And then more and more people know it and even join them. War, beca- war breaks out, really and so many souls are lost. People yeah. who used to believe no longer believe. It's and really war, good. you know, is totally not necessary in the Christian church if we just understood that Jesus came to bring peace. Wow. And it's peace between you and the kingdom of God. You're supposed to walk in the kingdom of God. He's suppo- the kingdom is supposed to be with you, in you, through you. And you're supposed to be with it, through it, in it. And it you're, it's goes where you go, says what you say. You say what it says. You do what it does. It does what you do. There's, you, you're supposed to not be able to tell the end of the kingdom and the beginning of you and the end of you and the beginning of the kingdom. That's where there's peace and there's unity and there's love and there's peace and there's hope, endurance. There's just all of this amazing desire. I don't want to screw this piece up. So I'm not going to sin. I'm, I intend to never sin again. And that's what this piece is all about. And so when you go out in the world, and most of our churches are smack dab in the middle of the world, and if we're going to cloister inside the four walls, we're going to be useless. But in those four walls, we have peace. We're supposed to have peace. We should have peace. And then when we leave those four walls to go back to live where we live and work where we work, we're going to have war. And we're going to have... We're going to see that the peace of God in us is not the same as the, the, the nature of sin that's out there. The world system is supposed to be at, at enmity with us. It's suppo- it will, it will, anytime they say, we like you guys, that's when you have to look at yourself and say, oh, uh-oh. why would you like, like me? Why would you like me? I'm trying to say that the sin that's on you is, 
at war with God. You know, during COVID, there was um, the church came into focus because of just all the the warring. And I remember um, lots of lots of churches were our rights, our rights, and mm-hmm. they they went. I, in my opinion, they were warring right with the government. And um, for us, it's like we'll follow that set of rules until we can't preach Jesus anymore. We can't live Jesus, you know. So it was like they weren't telling us that we couldn't worship Jesus. They weren't telling us that we couldn't say the name of Jesus. So for me, it was kind of a straw dog. Why are we doing this right now? All we're doing is looking, making a war that there is no peace in. I don't really feel like Jesus is really part of this. Because mm-hmm. um, it's like, let's follow these things. They're not saying, you know, like it was Steve talked about, you know, when it was, who was it, Peter and uh, John, you said that, that um we're told they couldn't, you know, they got beat and stuff, but they said Peter you can't. and Paul. Mm-hmm. Peter, Peter and Paul, Paul got they, beat. We beat. we know of them getting beat and jailed the most. And they mm-hmm. said, you know, what am I going to do? Listen to you, you listen to you or, or Jesus, you know. And it ba- they basically said, I, I much must preach Jesus. Yeah. And I think that's the platform where you were against things. If you we can't preach Jesus, it's like. But sometimes I think this, the church is so distracted with so many different wars, skirmishes. And we're missing the essential, you know, where Jesus wants us to war against the world, you know, because mm-hmm. and I think in that you have peace. But I, does, am I making sense, Steve? Do you, am, am I, Absolutely. Yeah. So it's just like I think we waste time um, warring against the wrong thing. Mm. And uh, during COVID, I thought it was very illuminated as to our rights or this or that. We're, we live in America. You can't do this, yeah. which is all fine and good. But let's be essential. Let's let's war against the right things. Let's let's bring peace in the midst of chaos. Let's go out and help people and do the things that Jesus would want you to do in a in a, in a epidemic. I think COVID clearly showed how far we are off of this. Just really demanding rights mm. from the world, and then um, making making then a friend dem- with the world then, almost. Yeah, and then stating that we were uh, that we were essential. And it's really up to them to decide oh, if you're yeah, essential. Oh, yeah, to say that, yeah. Right? That's good. If you're essential, they know it. Yeah. They need you. And if you're not essential, they know they don't need you. Mm-hmm. And uh, when they shut us down, what did they lose kind of thing? Yeah, well. Right. And I know. Uh, those of us inside the gate, we know what they lost. The salt of the earth will be, will be lost. Or the, the light the of the world. The living water will be lost. The light of the world will be darkness. lost. You'll be lost in darkness. And that's what comes at the rapture is... The light's taken out, and they find out abruptly what how salt, it is. living water, and light being gone means, wow. and how difficult the world becomes without those <clears throat> yeah. preserving remnants, you know. And so I think that the church really was illuminated, was shown. Your church, your church was shown to be essential. And you have ten thousand people going to a church, and after COVID, you have six. Four thousand of your members did not think your church was essential. Wow, that's horrible. And 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 forty percent. It's like really a lot of, of churches failed and crumbled after, proving they weren't really essential even to the people inside the gate. Uh-huh. The world didn't miss them at all, and I want to make sure that the world misses my church. And they were peace. How come we don't do that anymore? Well, that was the father's house, and well, there's not enough food. Well, what happened? Well, the father's house is gone. And they used to feed us and take care of us. They used to give to us. They used to look out for us. And I want to make sure that that's what happens when we go. If rapture happened next week, 
I want all the neighborhood looking. What was what? What's going on? Where's the light? How do Where's we? The they they got to go on the computer and find these podcasts to figure out how to live by faith so that they can do it hmm. after the rapture. They got seven years to do it in, and so that when they die, they also could, will have been essential to their people, to their hmm. world, and that's because they live in peace. They have a peace inside them. They have a peace that is not at war. And it's so clearly stated here. It's just, I don't know how we miss this so often. And we don't talk about it. But, you know, he says he reconciled <coughs> all things. It's like, that's the actual definition of not at war. To be reconciled. Yeah. Everything's under him. Not at enmity. And it says, and it says um, dominions or rulers or authorities, all things have been created through him and for him. And it's like, I think we often lose sight of that as we look to the world for our peace. Uh, we look to our president for our peace or a prime minister. It's like, you know, or the world's falling. Oh my gosh, the sky is falling. And lots of Christians live in so much anxiety and fear. Well, I don't think they're recognizing that the peace comes from Jesus Christ right. and him in him knowing him. And all of us can get so um, bound up by that. Yeah. And we could just be spun by anxiety and worry because we're looking at the wrong things to give us peace. And it's like through, you know, the, what is the Chinese church prays for us that we would be persecuted. Mm. Yeah. It's like, so we can, we can know Jesus like so they know we Jesus. Because we have such first world problems, we think. <laughs> and, you know, oftentimes, I, like yesterday at Bible study, I said, so those are all first world problems. And they, they, a lot of ladies were like, you're right. You know, they're all first world problems that Chinese Christians probably underground don't have them. But I think, I think understanding that as times get darker, which they're going to get darker, no matter who wins the United States presidency, no matter who's the, the pre, uh, prime minister in England, mm -hmm. it doesn't matter who it is, the way it's going, it's going to get darker because there's a war. And in the war, we, we want to be on the side of peace and Jesus. That's really good. I, I think that this, you know, this first, the first part of the scripture that we read where it's describing who, who Jesus is, I, I think part of our problem is that we, we lose sight of Jesus being this first, you know, the image of the invisible God, the first one of all creation, him, everything being made and held together through him. And as, as we forget just how big and powerful he is and he just becomes just another voice in our lives or just mm -hmm. another idea or just another principle or value Good i think feeling. you know that's when Belief. i think we we step out of that peace with god because it comes through understanding who he is and that who that makes us and we start to want to make him in our image and make ourselves in our oh, own image and so much there's then we're at war with him again and war with ourselves right so much i think that for me in that going along with that i was telling um yesterday i was in a stock to steve today it's through the through the the hardships of the last seven years has caused me to understand more about God that I don't understand about God. Mm. You know, that I didn't, I, I, there's an, sometimes you forget who he is. He's God. And, and you know, it says it's, it's the, he is the image of the invisible God, the firstborn of all creation, Jesus Christ. And for me, it's like, under, you just, hey, I'm puny. I need his peace. I need his hope. I need his love. I need his Holy Spirit inside of me. I don't know what five minutes from now is going to happen. I don't know. I only know behind me, and, and that peace that passes understanding, if you can get that, if we understand that through every bad thing that happens, the rain falls in the just and the unjust, correct? Your house, if you don't build your house on the, the rock, and if you build it on sand, it's gonna fall, you're it's gonna Storm fall. Coming. Yeah, so it's like having peace knowing that he is, I wanna build my house on the rock, so when these things come, I will have peace, because those things are gonna come. 
good. Something you want to add, Steve? Amen. Well, I was thinking, Jesus tells us to go into the world and preach the gospel. Yeah. And it's and like and we're the behind team. the veil of Jesus Christ. Yeah. And we're supposed to go out and preach the gospel, but always get back behind the veil. Wow, that's good. It's, it says he reconciled all things to himself uh, um, through the blood of his cross. It couldn't be clearer. Blood of his cross is what made, it's Jesus and the blood of his cross. He's having made peace through the blood of his cross. And so we are supposed to be living a life that people want badly. And if we'll just come outside and give it to them, they'll come inside with us. And then inside there's supposed to be this peace, this knowledge, this understanding. I was at war with God for sure. I didn't want anything to do with him. him. And I didn't want to follow him or who cares what he thinks. That's right. And then when I met him and came to the cross... Now the only thing that matters is what he thinks. Correct. I'm at peace with him. And so this is the, the whole purpose of the cross, and this is what the church is supposed to be doing, is going out and preaching the gospel from the, from the peace behind the veil. That's right. It's good. Excuse me. And I think that we are all just sit, we're willing to sit in a chair and say, um, and, peace. you know, kumbaya and, oh, have, really and feel peace. Just soak. That isn't what he died for. He died to, for us to go, go out, out into this really good. world, into a war zone of the enemies of God, even enemies the world system that is anti-Christ and anti-God, the spirit of the Antichrist ruling on the earth and lead them to peace through his really cross. Good. And that's what the piece is. Wow, that's really good. That's really good. It's like, uh, that is so good. It's like going out to the world, into the war. Come back to the, the peace, his peace, but go out and make disciples and bring the light into the darkness. But that's, that, is a, that is a very scary place to be unless you are know what side you're on and go back into the veil of the peace right. that he has for you. Right. That was really good. Well, guys, thank you again for joining us this yeah, week. Yeah, thank you. We uh, appreciate it, and we hope you have a wonderful uh, Christmas season. Yeah. And we'd love to see you out at the Lights of Hope. Merry Christmas. And Merry Christmas, and see you next time. God bless you. Thank you for listening to the Uncommentaries podcast today. I hope this episode encouraged you, inspired you, maybe even challenged you to keep seeking after everything Jesus has for you and the life he calls you to live. If you haven't already, please take a moment and subscribe to the Uncommon Truth podcast. That way you'll get every episode each week when it's released. It would really help us if you could rate, review, and even share this podcast with anyone that you think would be encouraged by it. Help us spread the message to more people so that we can all live out this Christianity the way Jesus intended it to be. If you would like to get in touch with us, have any questions about the podcast, the topics, or even like us to pray for you, you can do so by emailing us at uncommontruthpodcast at gmail.com. We'd love to hear from you. Thank you again for listening, and I'll see you next time.